Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am Pam, and with me this week, we actually have all of our friends today. We have Elisa. Hello. And we have Heidi. Hello. So good to be back again. I know. She's decided to grace us with her presence. We're, so, <laughs> we're just so lucky to have her. We are. Um, wasn't the same without you. Just I'm wasn't. so lucky to be back. Thank you for voting me back in and getting me <laughs> off um, the island. You were, you were in podcast jail for the week. We just had to... <laughs> Just I've learned a, my lesson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Don't speak. Oh, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that zapper. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. We've got a great uh, little tip this week. This is one that um, I've been wanting to record for a little while because we just keep seeing it coming up, up over and over and over again. So um, the title this week is Giving Any Changes You Make a Chance. So our little ones... Um, it's going to take a little bit for our little ones to adjust to anything we're doing. And we're talking about sleep or parenting. Um, you really want to make sure that we are giving our little ones that chance to adjust. Yeah. Change takes time. Yeah. The first time, if you think about it, even as adults, the first time we try something new, it doesn't feel comfortable. No. A lot of the times anyways, depends what it is. But most of the time, especially if it's something we're a little apprehensive about, it doesn't feel comfortable. Well, like something, say, say we have a nursing little one who's, who's breastfeeding and they've been breastfeeding for say 18 months. And then now all of a sudden we say, here's your bottle, right? Um, There's a new way to to eat. Yeah. It's, it's not going (laughs) to be. You've never eaten this way before. For most children, it's not going to be you know, that first time, okay, great. I love this. This is the best. Um, Especially if we're doing, we're changing something that's been around for quite some time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for sleep, when we're talking about their uh, circadian rhythm, we need to give everything a good amount of time before we can say whether it's an effective schedule or not. So if you're shifting something in your baby or child's schedule, let's say you're working on bedtime and you want it to be earlier, you can't just expect it to work out really, really wonderfully that first time that you try it because your little one's schedule, let's say they're used to 8.30 for bedtime, if you just all of a sudden go to 7.30, their body clock is used to 8.30 as a bedtime. So chances mm-hmm. are it's going to take a little bit of time for them to adjust. Now, you can work on that a little bit slowly so that you're not making such a sh- such a sudden shift. But you do have to remember that their body clock is used to this. So when you're changing something in their schedule, it takes at least five to seven days for you to be able to determine whether that's an effective bedtime or an effective nap time or morning wake up time. So when you are shifting that, one of the things that we see often is, well, I'm trying to find the right schedule for my baby. And I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this time, I've tried that time. And when we're looking at the amount of things that you've tried in such a short period of time, that really, we can see why your little one didn't really adjust to that particular schedule because it you didn't give enough time for that for their body to adjust to those certain daytime naps or bedtimes 
Yeah, so that bedtime, um, adjusting to bedtime, like Elisa said, five to seven seven days for sure. Um, transitioning through naps, that's going to be another adjust adjustment, right? So if we're going from three to two naps or two to one naps, that two to one nap transition can be really tough for some children. So we say for that one, five to 10 days of being really consistent and really allowing their system that time to adjust. We have to think, right? The, the brain is trying to do one thing, the body's trying to do another thing. So trying to get them to adjust and regulate and be on the same page um, takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And the, the amount of time that Pam mentioned, that's just when you're going to start to see some improvements. It could take two weeks, sometimes a little bit longer for everything to be really, really settled yes, and taking absolutely. shape. But it's, it's the, the idea is, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing it for a good, um, a good amount of time before we're saying, okay, this isn't working. With early rising, early rising is one of our hardest um, sleep challenges to kind of combat. So early rising, like we're giving that a good two to four weeks, sometimes even five weeks, six weeks, depending on how long they've been early rising for. If your little one's been early rising for a year and a half, you know, five days isn't going to fix it. It's going to take quite a bit of time to readjust their uh, circadian rhythm again. Yeah. So you have to make a decision and then make a plan then stick to that plan, be consistent and give it, you know what, maybe this doesn't work for us. Don't try this and then try that. Okay. Well, maybe the afternoon we'll try this and then tonight we'll try this. If that doesn't work, like you have to, the little one's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Most common one that you see, Heidi. Most common. Like adjustment that you find that parents are just, you know, doing one thing and then another and then another and then another and not that much time to settle in. The I biggest know one I see all the time is trans are transitioning from breastfeeding to bottle feeding yes. or from using a, a bottle to going to a cup or sippy cup. That didn't work. We tried this sippy cup. We tried that sippy cup. Okay. How many times did he use that sippy cup? Well, he tried it for breakfast and he didn't like it. I'm like, well, that's not enough time, <laughs> right? Or we tried this bottle. See, I'm like, what other bottles have you tried? Well, we tried this one and this one, and this one. Okay, well, how much time did you give? Well, we tried those ones for like her bedtime last night. Like, so you tried four bottles at bedtime last night. Okay, whoa, it's too much, right? It's just too, it's just too much. You have to, it's like you buy a new car and you're like, oh, this one feels kind of weird. I'm not too sure if I should have bought this. And then you're like, actually, I do like this. I, I can do this and I can sit. Oh, and there it is. I can put a seat right into this spot. Like it takes a while for you to, you know, learn the blind spots, learn how quickly it breaks. There's all this adapting and, sh and change and change takes time. Some adapt really well to change. Some are a little bit more sensitive and that can come down to temperament or personality it's funny because earlier today, Pam and I were talking, I said, I, I don't think I like change in my environment very well. I'm having a really hard time <laughs> with moving right now. And I'm glad I'm doing it slowly because I'm getting used to it slowly, slowly, slowly. Every time I move something, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. But, you know, I let it sit for a few days and okay, actually, it's not so bad. We're the same way. Why would we expect our little ones to be any different? Yeah. And I can see why parents, 
you know, will will move from one thing right to the other to the other because you are expecting. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we are wired to expect that immediate change, right? Yeah. And we're we're when we think about making a change from, you know, which you know, bottle or breastfeeding to sippy cup in our minds, we're trying to be positive and we're trying to think about it as, okay, we're going to make this transition. It's going to go really, really well. And it's going to just work right away. Right. So we go into it with that mentality, which is really great because we want to have that positive attitude towards it. But we also need to know that it might take a little bit of time for them to truly And they might, that first time, they might push that sippy cup away and just not even want to have anything to do with it. But the more you offer it consistently, the more they will. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind is, you know, changing the eating environment. So say your little one is used to eating in the living room or or snacking in the playroom and watching TV and you're thinking, um, actually, it's really messy. And if I could get the kids to eat at the table and contain that mess, it would probably be better. They might be more focused. I read they might be more focused. They'll eat better. Okay, so I'm going to try this. So you can't just try it for, you know, lunch and then go, well, that didn't work. (laughs) Right? You have to keep trying, keep trying and encouraging them. Oh, come on back. We're going to, you don't have to eat, but you can sit with us and, and sit with us until mom is done. But you don't have to eat if you don't want to, right? So encouraging it in a, a positive way but not forcing it either. Yeah, we have we have to expect that they're going to give us some pushback on those things that they don't want to eat in the kitchen. They want to eat in the living room while they're watching TV because that's all that's what they know right now. So naturally when we're introducing something different to them, they'll resist those changes at that's first. A, that's a really big piece cuz that emotional side is going to come in and I think that's where a lot of parents struggle too is I tried it they started crying and got really upset. So I just, I, I that hurts my heart. It was a no go again. It, I just, we're not doing it again. Right. So expecting that there's going to be, um, you know, we say, give them that chance to adjust, but that means that there might be some tears in there. Right. So, so we can still help them through that adjustment. We can still support their offload. And we do have a lot about emotional offloading in our tantrums podcast, but emotional offloading, we're allowing them to express themselves. So yeah, it's not fun that we're, you know, we're making these changes or they're not going to be super happy about it, but we can still support them. I know this is tough, buddy. We're going to get through this. Like you can still be that support. They can be upset, but you can still continue on with what you were planning on doing. Right? Yeah, you so, want to keep being consistent. And so some of that language would sound like, I, I know you don't like the sippy cup right now, but if you're thirsty, it's right here. If you're thirsty, I'm going to leave it right here. Okay. And you know, nine times out of 10, they'll probably smack it over onto the ground. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, I'll move it over here then. Yeah. When you're <laughs> right? ready, if you'd you like some, yeah. here you go. You can ask for some. Yeah. I know you don't want to eat at the table right now. You like, I know you really liked eating downstairs in the playroom, but we're trying something new. You don't have to eat right now, but you do have to sit here until mommy's done. Yeah. Just acknowledging that they, they don't want to do it is totally fine. Yes, absolutely. And in our crying podcast, we also go over how that upset that our children, how our children communicate to us is really important in their lives, because that is the first 
way that they learn how to effectively communicate. So we want to expect that that might happen and have a plan in place. If you are making a transition that you know is going to be difficult for your little one, have a plan in place in your mind or on a paper or written down so that if they do have that upset, you know what you're going to, how you are going to react to that and what you are going to say, what you can do and how you can help them through that upset without necessarily going back to how you were doing things because you know now that it can take a little while for that transition to really feel comfortable for your child. Mm-hmm. And probably the biggest piece in this is going to be that consistency. So you know, yes, it's going to take them time to adjust, but we have to offer them the opportunity to adjust. So you want to make sure that you're being consistent, that you're offering it regularly. So if you're, you know, moving away from the breast and you're offering the sippy cup, or you're moving away from the bottle and offering the sippy cup, then you're offering that sippy cup over and over and over and over and over again. You're, you're staying consistent with what you're doing. If you're saying that, no, we're not having the bottle and then they get upset and then we give them the bottle that's going to send out those mixed messages that's where we're going to start to see a lot more of that upset and a lot more of those tantrums because they're just not sure are they she's serious about this or is she going to give it in is she going to give it back to me let's see right so yeah, be like you gave it back to me last time why aren't you doing yeah. it now it's so confusing lady you gave me chocolate cake for breakfast once, once. And then for the next 30 days, I'm going to ask you for that chocolate cake, right? So stay consistent with what you are doing. Make sure that, you know, our little ones learn by our consistency. Our little ones are learning by what we're doing. So if one day we're saying yes, and the next day we're saying no, and then we're saying yes, yes. And then no, 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 no. They're just going to keep asking. They're going to keep having those tantrums. They're going to keep getting upset because they know eventually a, you'll either break or, and they'll get what they want or, um, okay, it didn't work this time, but it, surely it's going to work next time. Um, and and it, it is tough. Trust me, it's tough. But it is um, being consistent is going to be the fastest way they're going to learn. And it's going to be the fastest way they're going to adjust. Yeah. And when you are setting those limits and try and, you know, starting to be really consistent with those limits, there are certain things that we could do with our body language that tell our child that we're wavering or that we're firm and we are sticking with this, right? So if ever you do, if you're experiencing challenges like that and you're just not sure if the way that you're setting limits is effective or if you know you feel like maybe you are wavering a little bit and your child is sensing that there might be another way out for them somewhere and they keep pushing and pushing, reach out to one of us and we can absolutely help you set up a plan and respond accordingly to your little one so that you can be confident in how you are approaching these various parenting situations. And that little tweak in your response is all the difference. Oh, everything. And you feel so confident because you, you have, you have the map. This is the map. This is the way to go. I see the road right here. This is what it's telling me to do. And you just keep doing it. It's so much more confidence in your parent outcome is so much better as well. Without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt. So guys, we, that was a really great tip. I loved it. It was supposed to be short. So I, I think we went a little bit over, but Felt that's short. okay. Is that short? <laughs> I know it feels, it feels like we hit a lot though. So I, I'm quite happy with it. Thanks guys. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Like Lisa said, if you are struggling with 
that plan with making those transitions with, you know, just needing any strategies or help with chatting through what to do, reach out to Restful Parenting. We can absolutely help and stay tuned for next week's episode. Hopefully um, we'll be in next week and it's going to be a juicy one. (laughs) Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family.